Sam, why did the man stare at the orange juice bottle for two hours? Because it said, concentrate. Oh, 100% straight juice. I am loving the series that we are in. How about you? I hope you are too. Did you know that Echo could be your place, your people, and your purpose? Yes, it's true. Sure is. Take your first steps into this life-giving local church and find the community and the support that you've been hoping for. Let us know that you're out there or stop by on a Sunday sometime. We'd love to connect with you. And we want to tell you something. Table communities are kicking off today. And here they are, all of them. Here we go. Okay, what are they? Bible study, Echo does FBU, Echo High, Junior High, Youth Hang, Guys Night Out, Healthy Hangouts, Leadership for Men, Live No Lies, Nordic Ski and Hike, Parenting, Recovering Cave, Sunday Prayer, Echo Book Club, Fun Friday Facts, 30 Days to Understanding the Bible, Activating My Spiritual Gifts, Crochet with a Purpose, Beast Mode, Echo Gets Fit, Empty Nest, Breakfast Hub, Good Times, Good, God is Good, Lord, I Want to Know You, Marvelous Friendship, Propel, Women's Studies, All Running 101, Stay at Home, Mom Stitched in Christ, Young Adult Game Night. Oh, wow. That was great. <sighs> if you missed one, go to our website and check them out on our groups page. Do it. And lastly, thank you for your generosity. Thank you for giving your tithe 10% of your income as worship to God and his kingdom work. If you are looking to give, head to our website or text any amount to 84321. Enjoy Echo Sunday service. Peace be with you. Every battle, every heartbreak, every circumstance, yeah, I believe that you are my force.
Like the rushing wind Would you breathe within my heart Heart And through the raging storm Would you hold me in your arms Cause I need you How I need you I need your love like I need water I need your love like I need breath Side of my lungs burn in my heart just like a fire come and take me over Jesus draw me closer to your heart through the wind and rain I can hear you call
love Jesus prepare us father to be a vessel for your kingdom today father I pray for your peace that surpasses all understanding Jesus
Lord, we come to you as your vessels, as your containers. Lord, we pause in the midst of our busyness and we just lean into you today. For in you there is joy, for in you there is peace, there's patience, there's, there's love and all the above. So we lean into you today. Mold us and make us to be portable worship vessels on this earth. family and say, welcome. We're glad you're here. Can we hear that? Can we, so we miss you. Uh, we are in a series, as you know, uh, called 100% Juiced. Juice. Uh, some of us are juiced. <laughs> we're amped up. We're ready to go. And uh, as I, uh, I think about this series, I think uh, a number of different bylines, but one that's been really, really pressing upon my soul is does the outside of the label match the inside of the content, contents of our soul. And uh, if you're anything like me, this series has been challenging uh, and, and very ap applicable uh, to our life and at this very moment. And so look at your neighbor and say, when squeezed, we'll figure it out. When we're planted in a place with people, many times we call that family. And uh, for the most part, 99.9% .9 of people, uh, we don't get to choose our family. <laughs> Can I hear an amen? amen. <laughs> and uh, which which is, uh, is a beautiful thing, but also a challenging thing thing. And when I look back at, at my childhood, when I think about some of the things, well, let me just say like this, you know, you know, the apple never far, falls far from the tree. And uh, when I kind of look back in my childhood and I look at some of the strange things that I picked up, um, I, I can't help but laugh a little bit. And uh, as, as I have aged, and as my dad has aged, uh, I, I feel like I just keep hearing like, well, you're just like your dad or you, you sounded or you look like your dad. Anybody relate to that? You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, uh, you know, there are certain things that, that just kind of come along with the, the family ties. And, and I don't know what it is. It wasn't something that was taught to me or whatever. But what I'm telling you, like, if I'm, like, sitting back and I'm watching TV or I'm relaxing, most likely my feet are just, like, moving and rubbing each other. Like, I just can't do it. And it was just something that I learned from my dad. And, again, maybe I didn't learn. It just happened uh, to be. It's, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Uh, I remember, and I've probably told you this before, but I'm going to tell you it again because I think it's a good example. Um, but I remember my mom, 
uh, taught me how to say pillow. And unfortunately, she told me piddle. And not until like junior high did I begin to realize that it actually was called a pillow. Anybody have any kind of problems like that growing up? Like, you know, hashtag problems, uh, life problems. And so the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And, but I also, like, I want us to begin to understand that, that wherever we're planted, whomever we're planted with will be eventually be an influence to us. Y'all get what I'm saying? Hey, Mike, will you just bring the mic down just a little bit? Uh, the text of this, of this series is in Galatians uh, 5, verse 22, and it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things, there is no law. And today, what I want to do is I want to lean into this idea of peace and patience. Peace and patience. Does anybody need to hear this message today? You know what I'm saying? Like peace and patience, easier said than done. And what we've been doing is leaning into the scriptures uh, and leaning into the teachings of Jesus in parallel with the fruit of the spirit. And so what we're going, where we're going today, if you have your Bibles, is Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. So as you are opening... Uh, or as you're opening the app and getting to that portion. Matthew 13, 3 says, and he told them many things in a parable. In parables, I'd mentioned that. The, Jesus used everyday, ordinary things to get across divine points and, 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 and kind of leverage story to be able to grab a hold of the soul uh, and direct it in a better, uh, a better way. But he, he taught a bunch of these parables saying, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path and the birds came up and devoured them. Now, just pause. Imagine, I mean, we've heard these stories before for the most part, and that most of us have. But imagine being, Je being Jesus's followers, being his disciples, being Jesus's uh, audience and hearing this and how, how, automatically it would make them think. It would evoke a picture. It would, it would remind them of, of what they do for a living. And, and it would also evoke this idea of survival and, and their necessity and their needs being met wrapped around the agriculture of the day. So Jesus starts telling this story and it was deeply relatable in that culture. And he talks about how there's seed sown and when it fell, it fell along the path, the birds came and devoured them. And in verse five, it says, other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and they choked them out. And other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus is dropping some truth down. And then right at the end, he's like, hey, you better listen up. 
Like, this is what life is all about. I mean, if there is a message that Jesus presents that could make an impact into our everyday, ordinary life in the the light of peace and patience, it is this parable. And I'm not going to go and read uh, further in in the Matthew 13 where Jesus, and in essence, the disciples come up and say, hey, we don't get what you're saying. And it was, a, it was just form of honesty. And he come, the disciples come to Jesus like, hey, please help us understand what you're saying. And Jesus begins to kind of deliver in his words what this parable means. And, and what I want to do for this uh, series with, within our context is, is just kind of display what Jesus is trying to say. What I believe Jesus is trying to tell you is, and tell us, is that there are four types of people that are planted. There are four types of people that are planted and places people are planted. I believe every single one of us, we, we relate to the seed and yet we relate to the place. And so there are four different types of people. Uh, and like I said, or there's four different places that, that were planted. And what I would like to do is self-evaluate at the beginning of 2022 going, okay, where am I planted and what type of person am I? Can we, can we be honest today a, a, a little bit? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like the good and the bad. So the first type of person in my words is this, is, is an open heart, but a closed mind. There are people, and some of it, it might be us, but there are people that surround us that have an open heart, but they are closed-minded. They love the idea of God, but they struggle with the follow-up. They, they struggle with, 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 with uh, and I guess I would say this, maybe uh, they struggle with moving beyond the emotion or the idealism of following Jesus. So they're open-hearted and closed-minded people. The second type of people is this, is hype but no health. Look at your neighbor and say, hype but no health. And this is what I would say, and again, it's very similar to the first one. It's just a little bit different. It is, man, they just, they just love, they, they love the emotions. They love the crowd. They, they love knowing what the, the newest and most greatest thing is going on, but they have a struggle uh, with moving beyond that big crowd and becoming intimate with Jesus and, and, and which provides them no health. They're really good at listening at a base level, but struggling with obedience. The third type of people, and I, I know some of us relate in here today, or at least online, is we have a failure. We fail at focus. We fail to focus. And in these stories and Jesus's explanation, it really starts presenting this idea. This is all about worries and all about wealth. Worries and wealth. And we can get so tied up and we, so, we can be so directed. We can be so influenced. Our mental health can go somewhere so quickly when it comes to worries and wealth. And because of that, we can just fall off the track. I would say it like this in the modern day complex, uh, um, uh, modern day uh, terminologies. There, the, the worries and wealth or fail to focus has a lot to do with Netflix and scrolling. 
We can just so distracted. And then the fourth type of person and, uh, or our place that we can plant, be planted near or by people we've been planted near is, is at peace and patiently placed. And that's the ideal. I mean, this is the goal. That's where we want to go. But, but, but you know, if you're like me, like you just know, like you're not always that at all times, but, but that is where we want to head. And, and I would say that the P at peace and patiently uh, placed is this, is we've got to position ourselves with a heart of surrender and we've got to be rooted wherever we're planted. And if I'm going to be planted, what I want to tell you this, I want to choose where I want to be planted and who I want to be planted by. And I, and I can just tell you this, I, I've, I've gone around the sun enough times to realize uh, that, man, I want to be surrounded by people of peace and I want to be surrounded by people of patience. And the fruit that we're talking about is that exactly this, peace and patience, peace uh, it, it is, uh, and I, I like how Timothy Keller says it. He says it like this uh, is uh, shalom, which is peace, means a state of fullest flourishing in every dimension. We're talking about physical, emotion, social, and spiritual. Peace isn't just supposed to be a part of who we are, but it's supposed to encompass all of it. The second word is patience and the uh, peace, peace is just peace, you know what I'm saying? But I just want you to understand that it, it encompasses the whole thing. Patience, I, I want you to hear that word with another word and that word is endurance. Patience has this underlining current of endurance. It has the picture of being rooted and being placed and you are going nowhere. Or we could use this other word, it's this commitment, commitment. And so what I wanna tell you this uh, today is this, is you are the seed. Now let's figure out what soil you're in. Let's figure out what soil we want to be placed in. We, want to be play, we, we truly want to be placed uh, in a place and in a context and in a, in a spiritual soil where we're surrounded by people of peace. Now, when I say people of peace, what I'm trying to tell you is this, is, is finding the delicate balance of people who are safe, but yet are rooted in truth. I mean, how many times have we been around people that have been like safe, but you never really know what they're thinking. At the same time, I know enough people in today's society that are rooted in, in truth, but they are far from safe. And I can just tell you that if you don't have those together, you will not find peace there. In fact, Jesus teaches in Luke 10, verse 17, he sends out his disciples. There's about 70 of them. And there's a little bit of a teaching there. And he says, he says to the disciples, don't take anything, but just go. 
Go and, and, and share the gospel. Tell people about me and how the kingdom of God is near. And he presents this idea that the harvest is great, but the workers are few. And then in verse 6 or 16, it says this, if a seeker of shalom is there, you will find peace. He sends his disciples who are supposed to be full and, uh, full of truth, but yet safe to go find other people that are just as safe and just as full of truth. Jesus instructs his followers to surround themselves with people of peace. In Romans 8, 6, in reference to peace, it says, the mind governed by flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Isaiah 26, 3 says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. What I'm trying to tell you is this, is peace is found in proximity. Peace is found in proximity. If you're lacking peace, you are probably lacking a healthy proximity. You're lacking being surrounded by people of peace. Peace isn't just a thought. It's not just a feeling. I believe peace is a person. And it was, it was brought to this earth through Jesus Christ. But if you're anything like me, you can have Jesus and, and you can have peace, but outside circumstances can kind of shake your house. Y'all, y'all get what I'm saying? And so if we're gonna be people of peace, we've got to strive for stability. We've got to be, a, be able to strive for security. It's just our human nature. The other thing with human nature uh, is we struggle to have peace uh, that's, that's fully encompassed if we do not have healthy relationships. If you ever gone through a, a, a bout of bad health, you realize that peace can quickly go out the door. The other thing that I'm extremely aware of is uh, we can have Jesus and we can have healthy relationships. We can have security in some respect. We can have, uh, you know, our, our bodies and our mental state is health. But if our finances are not at peace, guess what? It wrecks the whole ship. Do y'all know what I'm saying? I'd like for you to go back or I'd like for you just to ponder and think about your financial state and how it begins to affect everything around you. Yes, we've got the promise of Jesus, but I'm trying to tell you this as followers, sometimes we just, uh, we create peace, the idea of peace, just simply on one entity. And I guess what I'm trying to tell you is this, if we're gonna be people of peace, we've got to start aligning some of these really strong structures within our life to maintain peace. And when I think about our finances, and I think about your finances, I, I think about the stress that a lot of us endure because we operate from week to week or every two weeks or month to month. And because of that, 
it, it provides so much turmoil on the inside of us. In fact, we walk, you know, like, like we come into to, to, to Echo, and as long as you're not talking about finances, you, you feel the peace, you feel the love, you feel God doing something in your heart. But then once you leave this place, man, it can start crumbling because you go back to reality. You think about the pressures and the weights that are on you. And, and I just want to throw it out there. If we're going to find peace, we've got to find peace in all areas of our life. And, and I personally believe that we can find peace, we can find direction, we can find healthy instruction through God's word if we lean on truth. Now, if we're going to be planted anywhere else, the other thing we need to be planted by are people of patience. And when I say people of patience, I, I truly mean people that are committed. They're committed to you. And they're committed to endure with you. Now, I don't know where you come from or, or where you are exactly in your faith journey, but, uh, but there has been times in my life and probably yours where you were not the picture perfect Christian. You didn't have it all figured out. In fact, your, your spirituality looks a lot more like a roller coaster at Valley Fair. And it's up and down your emotional state, your mental state, your spiritual state is just all over. But yet, uh, I want to tell you that even though there are roller coasters in your faith, you need to be planted by people who will endure with you in, in amongst, in the, in, in the amidst, in midst of your journey. We need to be surrounded by people who don't give up and are just going to refuse to cancel you because you made a poor decision this weekend. And yet at the same time, we need to look at ourselves, going like, are we doing the same thing for those around us? Matt Brown, a pastor in California, says this, the people you are most critical of are the people most critical for your spiritual growth. We're surrounded by people and, and we can become so... Um, discouraged sometimes by maybe their behaviors. And at the same time, we can be so discouraged about ours. But, but I want to tell you this is, is God is, is saying, guess what? We need to be planted in a safe place, full of truth, and that we would be committed to one another no matter where we go. There's another parable that Jesus teaches. In fact, I think it's in the later verses of the Matthew reference. And it talks about a, sower, a, a farmer sowing seed in a field. And then that evening or later on, the, the enemy comes in and sows weeds. What I find absolutely intriguing about this parable is this, is God instructs the farmer or however it goes, they do not go up and pull the weeds but let them grow together. He in essence said, let the seeds and let the weeds grow together. And then when harvest comes and the harvester comes, collect those weeds, put them in bundles and burn them and then collect the plants, the produce. And what I'm trying to tell you is this, is God is a better gardener than you are. God is a better gardener than you are. And, and I think our natural disposition, our, our natural response is to eliminate all the weeds that are around us. But what if there are some weeds in your life 
that are deeply transfer, that trans, transformational for your own soul. See, I believe God is a better gardener and he's a better judge of the outcome and your heart. For some of us and someone, you need to hear this, is stop pulling yourself out of the ground because you think you're the weed. I think, again, I, I always, always go back to this. This is a deeply foundational belief of mine is that we are somewhere between the spectrum of the sinner and the saint. And we both have issues all the way in between. And the saint sits there in judgment thinking, oh, I'm surrounded by weeds and I need to pull them. And yet there are some of us that we feel more and we resonate more like the sinner. And I would tell you this is stop discrediting yourself for the work of God that he wants to do in your soul. See what may start looking like a weed could potentially be a plant that produces more than you could ever imagine. The last point of my message today in, in reflection of peace and patience and being planted in different locations is let us be people intentionally placed. Let's make that choice. Let's choose to be intentionally placed where, and, and let's be placed in, in a place where we can begin to produce. Let's be placed in, 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 in a place that where we, 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 we admit and we submit to this pruning that God wants to do in and through us. And yet let's be placed in a place where we can begin to protect And, and again, I don't know what you're thinking today. I, I can't see your, your mouth today. <laughs> I can only see your eyes and I can understand how this is, is, is actually a challenging message is, is like some of you, you look in the mirror and you're like, man, maybe, uh, maybe I haven't really pulled a great hand on being surrounded and being in a healthy place. And, and others of you, you might be like, man, I've been really blessed. But no matter where we're at, I'm wondering if we could become intentional today to be planted wherever we find ourselves. And you find yourself here today. And if you find yourself here today, I'm just wondering is would you submit to growth? Would you, would you become comfortable being surrounded by people who are, full of peace and yet are committed to endure with you. When I think about peace and I think about endurance, I think about uh, a, a healthy place. And I think of a place that I lived uh, a, a long time. It was my previous pastoral opportunity. And I remember being at about uh, age of 23, maybe 20, 22, 23 and I moved to Rochester and, and I was starting my, my full-time career in, in ministry, whatever that might mean, you know, in the church world. I, I had worked at a, another place before that with ministry, but this was gonna be my first pastoral position. And I, and I remember I, I moved to Rochester and I, I remember I didn't really know what I was getting into. I didn't really know what to look for. I, I didn't really know what ministry was. I didn't really know who ministry uh, would be. And I remember I, I stepped into a small staff
And I spent a lot of time there and we did a lot of things. We definitely went through some easy times and we went through a few hard times and, and not until this last week did I really appreciate the endurance and the patience and the peace that I experienced for 15 years. We were sitting there at what I call pastor camp and we're in a, in a, a message much, or in, a, in, in a, a sermon or a service much like this is. And, and at the end, there was just this moment where you could ponder and press into the, and in, in really into the presence of God and, and, and just be really open to what the spirit was saying. And I, I was sitting there and, um, and just kind of listening to God. And, and I looked over to the left and there was my old pastor. And we haven't had a moment where we were in a service together for a long time. And Christy was sitting next to me and, and I said to her, I said, I gotta go give Pastor Jim a hug. And I went over there and I said, thank you. I didn't know where I was being planted 18 years ago, but what I was being planted in was a place of peace and a place of endurance. I didn't know who he was when I, when I said yes to, to, to the job opportunity or the ministry position, but what I do know now is what I was being planted in and around was people of peace and people of patience. And I can tell you that I'm only here today because of that. It's a massive part of the formation of who I am and how I think and how ministry should be done is because I myself was planted in a safe and secure and committed relationship with people who love me as I am. Isn't that where we all wanna be placed? Isn't that what we all want to be surrounded by? Let me tell you, this is my last thought. I'm gonna invite Christy up. The, the place you're planted and the people you're surrounded will determine the fruit you'll produce in your life. So my question today, and Christy will continue with this idea, is where are you planted and who are you planted with? As Annie was talking today, I was thinking about when I started my career 19 years ago and became a hairstylist, I went through this training program for a year, did hair, learned about it, was taking on clients. And I think about my first haircut taking me over an hour and a half, and it should have taken me a half hour, but I had to start somewhere. Fast forward, I graduated from school. I moved to Rochester because Andy just said, you know, he became a youth pastor. So I followed suit. We were dating and I entered into being a hairstylist. I started this job at a local salon that was a pretty large salon. And I think about the professional side of they planted me intentionally. They put my station in between two seasoned hairstylists. So I was by two different hairstylists so I could watch what they were doing, um, observe. Plus they were there for if I had questions, which I had tons. Then I was given the opportunity to take on any brave soul that sat in my chair and wanted a hair service done. And then on top of it, I started taking a ton of classes and, you know, internet didn't have classes then. So they were in-person classes and they were investing in all of us new hairstylists. The reason I say this is that my proximity mattered of who I was around. I wouldn't be the hairstylist I am today if I didn't have that three years of training ground. 
and I've had a salon now for 11 years that's in our house. I couldn't have started working by myself in our basement, taking on clients if I didn't have those years of training. And why I share this is that, yes, this is my career, and I think we can all sit in here today and we can think maybe professionally of how we are where we are because of people, because of people who have helped us, given us an opportunity, mentored us, and coached us. But how is your soul? How are your relationships? How is your spiritual growth? What does it look like? You see, when I was in college, and a lot of you hear this story, but I gave my life to the Lord as a freshman at UMD in Duluth, and I had that radical moment where I was like, God, I surrender all. But then what? And I am here to tell you that all of it matters, that the relationship, the weekly rhythm of going to church, but I had to put myself in opportunities that were uncomfortable, and I had to allow myself to be mentored, to be coached. I love the sports analogy. We all need coach cheering us on. We need people on our team. Who are we you know, teaming up in like training that's below us. Like I think back to my younger years of helping the, the younger students, the lower classmen that were behind me that I had a huge heart for. And I think about a person named Sally Havik, who was the coach to me. And she walked alongside me. And when I was at UMD, Sally and Chuck Havik started this campus ministry and they were in their mid fifties when I met them. And I was 18. We really had nothing in common except God. We loved God. And what she did for me shaped my life to where I am today. She endured the hard things. She allowed me to come with my questions. She walked alongside me. She coached me. She mentored me. She helped me connect with other students. She was constantly like, Christy, I want you to meet this person. And I think we all are looking for that invitation. You know, they invited me in, but then in, in reciprocation, I started inviting people along with me. And I think... It's just, for me, maybe it's because I'm an Enneagram 3, it's just really easy for me to get on that track with my career and my profession. And I, it's so easy to lay dormant my soul and my relationships. And, you know, statistically, it shows that discipleship, personal growth, spiritual growth happens through relationships. Statistically, they say that four to seven people in your life who are closest to you will shape and show you where your life is going. And I had a choice when I turned 18 years old of who am I going to do life with? Who am I going to allow in? Who is going to be in my inner circle? Peers, mentors, who am I spending my time with? And I'm not saying I've been perfect, but there have been moments where I've had to make really firm decisions of who, who, is going to, who am I going to spend my Friday nights with? That was a big one for me. How am I, how am I going to handle this loneliness when I'm letting go of certain friends? And that's my heart is that I had that choice of where I was going to be planted, and Sally walked alongside me, and it was coffee dates, it was Bible studies, it was me letting her, her picking me up because I was a hot mess with no car and giving me rides to work my jobs because I had too many and I was unorganized with my schedule. It was her letting me watch her daughters who were preteens at the time, and I watched through observation, but I also watched through where they were at and where I wanted to be. And so my challenge is like, think about people in your life. Who can you let in? What is God calling you to? What would your life look like in this next year if you 
joined a table group. That's what we call them here, a small group. Or if you started making a couple more friends or going into the uncomfortable and saying, come join me, or do you want to get together? And I have a few people that I would love to come up and share. You guys can come up. I have some beautiful stools for you. And when, why these people are coming up is I have watched their lives. I've personally been inspired. We've been inspired of how they do life, how they've let people in. And honestly, they inspire us. And so they are being brave. Let's cheer for them as they're coming up. And so this is Kirk, Sherry, and Renee. Oh, you're good. You're good. Contaminated. Okay. But Kirk, I would love to ask you, how has being in a small group shaped your life and how has it helped affect your personal growth? That's a big question. <laughs> when, uh, when we were young, uh, we, we lived far from family and um, we met some people in New York that um, were like parents to us, but also we, we met friends through small groups that were um, lifelong, turned out to be lifelong friends. And, you know, we're super thankful for that. But I guess I'd like to talk a little bit about um, one aspect of some of the small groups we were in, which was um, I had a good friend from work that had invited us to church and he, um, he ended up organizing a financial class at church. We took that and it got us on a trajectory that, you know, it was kind of a pre-financial peace university type class. And fast forward 30 years and we've been involved in a lot of different small groups in our, in our life. But I, I approached the church we were in and I said, hey, I'd really like to organize a financial peace university class at our church. And, you know, I had a heart for what I learned way back when and thought, you know, I'd like other people to, to avoid mistakes, to get their financial house in order. And in doing that, um, you know, I, I kind of thought, well, you know, we've 30 years, we've experienced a lot, we've got our house in order. I was even surprised, you know, we were learning things. One of the things we learned was um, how we each look at money affects our relationship. And I never really understood 30 years, 30 years in, I never understood my wife's, how she looked at money. And taking that, you know, small 10-week class, nine-week class, I was able to understand her, her relationship to money. And we, we grew closer because of that. I love that. That's so good. One thing I want to highlight is let's talk money, okay? So Financial Peace University is Dave Ramsey, which Kirk actually teaches this class here at Echo. But if I'm speaking from my own story is Andy and I, we don't see the same. We don't look at money the same. And it was, it is the topic we naturally always want to avoid even 20 years into our relationship. But two things that helped us was going through Financial Peace University when we were married a couple years. And then second was doing it with other people. Like that accountability to go talk about the hard topic, whatever your hard topic is, and say, we're on the same page, let's do this together. And I think that that's huge. And, and then on the flip side, what I've been inspired by you is that you had that experience 
and then you looked at it going, how can I help others? You know, so what, what have you been given? How can we give that to someone else? And I think that reciprocation, that ripple effect, I think that's really inspiring. Thank you. You're welcome. Sherry, what I would love to ask you is, if you were to look at your life, so Sherry and Kirk are married, by the way. How many years have you guys been married? 40. Let's just have you teach classes on that. 40 years and thriving. Is there someone in your life that has affected you for the good or helped shape you through mentorship, relationship, or being in a small group? Yes. When we were starting out, just married and moved to New York, an older couple than us, actually older enough to be our parents, invited us to join their small group. And that was when small groups were just starting. In fact, ours were called growth groups, ironically, (laughs) at that time. And this couple took us under wing, became our mentors, our family, our dearest friends. Um, 40 years later, we're still in touch with them and still friends with them. They got us, especially me, through some tough times when my parents were getting divorced. That was not the prettiest thing. Um, They were there for us without judgment, bringing us peace and comfort through that time. And then many years later, we were able to be non-judgmental, peaceful place for them as well when they were going through tough times. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's great. I think just seeing 40 years of you knowing someone or knowing Mm -hmm. a couple, that's huge too, because I'm sure you guys don't have a long list of people that you're still in contact with from 40 years ago. Ironically, they were in that small group, people that we still have contact with. Wow. That's amazing. And if you were to say something to someone in this room today about why join a table group, do you have do you have a reason why? Well, one, if you don't have family, they become your family. Yes. If you don't have friends in town, they're your closest friends. They hold you accountable. You hold them accountable. It's it's just a place of peace and comfort in a crazy world right now. That's <laughs> Especially. amazing. Thank you. That was great. I've had moments and seasons in my life, too, where people's homes have become my home and my refuge. When I'm going through my lowest points, I just crave being in that living room, being around that kitchen table for them because of what they've done for me and walked through. That's great. That's beautiful. Thank you. All right, Renee. Okay. Just so you guys know, my watch is telling me that my heart rate is elevated. But she's here. So I'm nervous. So you're not peaceful right now, Renee? You're not peaceful? Public speaking can be scary, but we appreciate you being here. Yes, of course. Do you have anything that you want to share when it comes to how being in life groups, small groups, growth groups, table groups has impacted you? Yeah, so um, Christy asked to share a story, and I shared with her this morning that it was really difficult for me to come up with one story. Um, I I, I truly can't because I've been um, impacted in so many ways, so much of my life, my entire life, from um, being in youth group as a kid, going through college, you know, marriage, kids, uh, divorce, uh, remarriage, you know, all, I mean, it is the small groups, it is the community that has truly saved me and gotten me through all of that. Connection is just so, so key. When I think about this idea of finding, you know, peace, to me, uh, the ultimate feeling of peace is, is feeling connected. 
is um, knowing that other people see you and know you and um, know what you're going through and know you know your family and um, have been through something similar and um, I just think it's like that that to me is just that that's just the peace that's peace that's where you find peace right and I think I was thinking about this I shared this analogy earlier that and maybe some of you have heard this but you know sometimes when we're asking God for what we want right which we should do of course we we ask for a cake and we get flour eggs sugar vanilla we get all these ingredients and then later we say you know God where, where where's where's my cake well we, we were, you were given the ingredients. We're given the ingredients, you know? Life is, is hard, but our God is so good. And he's providing whatever we need to find that peace. And I truly, truly believe you guys that the table communities, the small groups, all of that, that's a big ingredient. That's a huge ingredient in finding um, that peace. And that, that's, that's a gift from God. Absolutely. So that's such yeah. a good analogy. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I love illustrations. And I think that is true. So whatever those ingredients represent in your life, whether it's reading your Bible, whether it's being in a table group, whether it's, you know, just serving, there's so many different things, but it's that whole package deal. And I love that. And I think that if we all look at our life, if you've never been a part of a group and you're like, Christy, I've tried and it hasn't worked. I just want to say, try again. And we'll be starting them in two weeks. So just so you know, we do semesters because we believe in rest. Um, and so we believe in those little breaks, but we'll be starting in two weeks. So you'll be receiving messages, emails, and all that. But our heart is for you to find your people and for you to find your place and to find your purpose through being in small groups and just connecting with others. So let's cheer for our panel. Christy, I'm going to interrupt you. And you got a plan to finish or end? Isn't Christy awesome? Isn't she great? Um, won't we be planted? Won't we be placed here? Would we begin to make the effort to go deep with one another. Sherry had said something about moving to New York and that was some, that was very transformational for you. And I just, I guess what's at my heart is wouldn't we, what if we all made a move? What if we'd all make a move today and, and, and like I have this, this grand vision uh, and grand goal. What if everybody that's here today in the building would join a table community when they're up and running? Not because we just wanna be a part of what's going on here at Echo, but because we wanna be planted, we wanna be shaped, we wanna be pruned. We want to produce what God is birthed within us. Can I hear an amen? Any thoughts, Christian? Just one closing thought that I have is Sherry touched really fast on her parents were going through a divorce and she, that obviously affects you. That impacts your life. In fact, in, impacts your, current, your marriage with Kirk. And I just see it time and time again, being a pastor and being a leader is that 
It's very uncommon for us to walk through these doors on a Sunday morning and go, who wants to hear what I'm going through? Do you guys do that? Do you come in and go, who wants to come? I have some updates. We don't do that. We laugh because that's, that's weird. That's kind of awkward, right? <laughs> but, and I'm not saying you can't find people on a Sunday, but it's through a small group. It's through a table group. When I have gone through my biggest things and my safe place has been four to seven people. It's been a small group of people that I know that I can trust. And so, and then guess what? When I see them here on a Sunday, yes, I connect. Yes, we update each other. Yes, we text. Yes, we call each other. But it's through those things, through those smaller groups of people where we grow the most. And so that's what stands out to me in my why of 20 some years of being a part of this and making it a priority in my life. Amen. I go church, would you stand up? I want to take a step towards peace. I want to take a step towards the person that will endure with you and his name is Jesus. Some of you walked into this space, you might feel far from God. This is your opportunity to take a step towards God. And I'll, I promise you this, God will take a leap towards you. It all starts with surrender. May this prayer specifically evoke the imagery and the movement of being planted in good soil. Let us pray. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's lean into Jesus. Let him finish the message today.
in peace. Be the people of patience. Be who God has called you to be. Amen, church. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.